Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Your host, Amon Green. Oh uh, man, welcome to the show. How you everyone doing? Harrison, how you doing, sir? Not too bad, man. It's uh, it's been a pretty nice day. The weather, I mean, for August, you can't really complain about the weather. You're getting into uh, some pretty ideal weather considering it's mid-August here. It's been uh, great over here. Nice, nice. I'm down in uh, Houston, Texas now. Just got the move completed now, and I think it was like one point in time, it was like one one oh seven here. So I'm loving oh, it. It's not Wisconsin anymore where <laughs> the leaves on the plants were already turning to fall colors when I left. So I'm so happy everything is I say one thing Houstonites probably don't want to hear that I'm happy that it's like hot and dry down here, but it's in a drought, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, coming from Wisconsin, I'm like, give it to me. I need all the heat I can get. But I'll be going back, you know, coming back to Lincoln real soon and we'll be in I won't say winter, but we're getting close to it. We'll have a fall. Wisconsin rarely had a fall. And uh, I'll experience a fall in in Lincoln again and get ready for the football season. And so I'm super excited about that. But uh, like I said, just getting this move capped off, you know, since uh, the last episode. So you wasn't on the show last week. So what you been up to? Yeah, no, since since last week, more work, getting ready for high school football, super pumped about that. We got week zero games starting tomorrow. Uh, I think Lincoln Northwest and Pies play each other, so that'll be a good one. That's getting rolling here. Um, Yeah, it's just that time. Football is right around the corner. It's crazy. It's August. Yeah, August 31st. The guys already played Minnesota, and we're at the 17th already. I, I'll tell you. I mean, I'm sure you know it being in the sports world, but uh, it's a crazy time of year to kind of get all your ducks in a row, but it's it's a good, good time to be busy. I'll say it that way. Yeah, we had that lull between probably, I want to say, late June and then 4th of July weekend. And then now it's a, you know goes into that lull. Mm-hmm. Not really no pro sports. It was um, the Women's World Cup going on, which I watched heavily. And I kept track of the, our team, the U.S. ladies. And unfortunately, they didn't make it through. Mm-hmm. They lost to Sweden on penalty kicks, which I talked about a few weeks ago. But now, like you mentioned, it's like full throttle. NFL, Division One college, or just college football in general, no matter where you're at, what level mm-hmm. of football going on, practices, training, and uh, stuff like that. So yeah. it's uh, something that for myself with the Nebraska eSports program that, you know, possibly – I'll say not possibly, but this time next year we'll be talking about the same um, type of prepare, you know, getting prepared for to do. That's what I like to do. I like to do something similar to what I've learned as a football player, having – two-a-days or having a lot of time as the esports players get to be around each other mm-hmm. to start building that teamwork, that camaraderie to understand what type of team atmosphere we need to have, you know, in terms of, you know, winning, being, I say, ready to win, but also being prepared to be the best player, um, you know, vocally, um, respectfully, 
And I'll say emotionally, you know, out there on, the, you know, planning whatever game we're playing. So, <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to ask some questions just about that training in general. Um, Cause you know, I think a lot of people are curious how you even practice some with some of these esports. Um, it's just not something that people are familiar with. It's a new, it's blowing up it as an industry. Uh, but I do think people are curious. So when you're talking about two a days for esport athletes, you know, what does that kind of look like for those guys? Um, what I've done and what I'll do here. I've tried to mention it to the managers and the vice president and the president of the esports club already, and some of the players. Where wake up, you know, wake up time is between uh, eight and nine, and get breakfast together, and then uh, go into the first three hours of the of the day. So from like, I'll say breakfast around. I'll say I would like to be seven between seven and eight. I'm sorry, seven and eight, and then practice starts around nine. Go from nine to noon so three hours there um but four hours already five hours of the players being around each other so get those three hours of hard work you know they're scrimmaging each other or scrimmaging a team from another school but um going over mechanics you know one on you know in terms of knowing the, the game a little bit better mm -hmm. you know for the controls from mouse and keyboard or controller um most of the games are mouse and keyboard that we play on as as a, at that moment um but there's some players that can and do use controllers if they play Call of Duty um, or Overwatch. But I know Valorant is the only one that is keyboard lock. So you got to master the mechanics of that, of those uh, games, and then have a little bit of maybe some film review mm -hmm. of, of that point for all the games in terms of practices. And if not, we'll do it later in the next practice. But then break at noon, go grab lunch, and then wait about an hour, let the lunch digest. And that's when I usually had – the players go into a uh, go. We we hit the weight room or we do some activity where it's physical. You know, it was either working out, actually doing push up, sit ups, mm -hmm. you know, dumbbell workouts or something like that, or or just walking around campus for like um, a couple miles just to get some the blood flow because we've been sitting down, you know, for three and a half hours at a chair at a day at a table at a desk. So get them away from the screen for a few, you know, about an hour or two, and then once we get back from that walk which should be about 3.30. I say 3 o'clock or 3.30 and depends. Say, just say if it's 3 o'clock, then by 3.30, we're back in front of the PC, going from 3.30 to 6.30. Uh, training again, same stuff, repeat, rinse and repeat from the morning's practice. And then <clears throat> break for dinner after 6.30 and uh, watch film. And then the players are free, free to go, you know, in terms of, you know, dorm room or apartment. I would rather have them just like, any other training camp, have them in the dorms together so they get to know each other. Um, mm -hmm. I know I'll be dealing with uh, a different atmosphere when we have co-ed teams, so I gotta, <laughs> you know, you know, account for that too. So I make sure I have the ladies rooming together and uh, and not, you know, make sure I know what I'm doing there. <laughs> um, and so yeah, that would be the typical day. And that's what I've run that past a lot of the game managers for the esports program, and they just kind of like, hmm, that's fair, you know few time adjustments here and there for some of the games because, like, I remember talking to Eric, who's one of the game managers for Super Smash Brothers, and he does a fantastic job with running uh, weekly tournaments on the weekends just for the club members or just anybody on campus that wants to um, participate. And we, we, we just had a talk about a week ago, if not longer, about, you know, because Smash, you know, if you play Smash, Harrison. Yeah, and I played uh, the last one that was on the Wii, Super Smash Bros. Brawl. I think it was the last one I played. Yeah. Yeah, and those games, as you know, they're not real long. You mm -hmm. know, they're a, a long game of Smash is like seven, eight minutes. Yeah, That's they're fast. Game. 
So yeah, so two, three hours of playing Smash can get, you know, redundant. That could be, oh my God, I'm like, I'm I'm banging my head against the wall right now. I'm playing, I'll probably play 50 matches in three hours or something, which would be great for experience, but Every now and then, you know, we need that away uh, time away from the screen. So, mm-hmm. uh, so talking with Eric, we kind of I was like, yeah, long as he he said that his format, he does a lot of scrimming um, and set up tournaments against other schools or with players on campus or students, players and students on campus, and then we just talked it out and found a found a way to basically, you know, where they're not there every day, they don't have to be, you know, five. I want five days a week, but in terms of the way we talked about it, because I know one of those days that he plans out, he does a real serious competition day where it's a tournament so okay. i think having that where players really feel the intensity and the stresses of playing in the game you know playing in a real match that counts for something i think preparing them that way is just as well as practicing five days a week so we was able to find a middle ground on that standpoint so for smash players they still got to check in because i, I want to make sure there's like an attendance sheet mm-hmm. you know, who's missing and who's not there or who's missing and who's there so then you know, the, the game managers know, I know, um, the club president knows. So because then we could have a conversation with the player to say if they're missing days, it's like if you want to really be part of varsity, this is still you got to attend these practices. But if you still want to be on if you want to be on club, then you could pretty much do as you could do as you want, because it's a club situation, not yeah. a lot of commitment there. But if you want to play, it's there. But for varsity side, it's like you got to have that commitment time to where. You're going to be there on time and you'll be ready to practice, but then you don't miss days as well. So that'll be the the one part of two a days and that world where a lot of students that weren't on a varsity roster the year before on campus in Lincoln, that'll be something new to them. And I say the beautiful thing is that now high school kids are coming in. They already have that in their mindset because they've been doing it at the high school level. At all the high schools in Lincoln, I know they have some sort tor- some sort of a training camp yep. or prepare something that gets them ready for the regular season. So I've I've seen some I've met with Lincoln High School a few times and talked with other players individually around campus or around Lincoln that I've recruited or around uh, Lincoln and the state of Nebraska that I recruited and mm-hmm. mentioned that they've been on the high school team. So. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious about what it looks like when you're recruiting uh, some of these eSport athletes because you're going through these games. When you're trying to figure out to fill that roster, you know, are you just going game by game trying to figure out, you know, I need some players for, say, Smash or some players for, you know, whether it's Call of Duty. When you're recruiting, is it game focused or a lot of these eSport athletes kind of can cross play um, and they can play a lot of different games at a high level? Um, it's, it's a little bit of that, you know, if I'm recruiting a player for Call of Duty, for example, I'm obviously looking for their birth, the, how, how high they are ranked at that game. Right. And occasionally I say when I first got into coaching, uh, my first few years at Lakeland, I was asking that because we were, sh- we were low on numbers. We didn't have a ton of, uh, esports participants at the time, mm-hmm. but th- when I got halfway through recruiting, I say about a month away from school starting. I had a lot of players that could play multiple games. And that was, I say, for me, important because we didn't have that many play players at a time. I think first semester at Lakeland, I think I had 18 players total. Oh, wow. And so so I had to bank on some players playing at least one other game, you mm-hmm. know, not three, but I say at least two games. And I was able to do that. But then along with COVID, we got a surplus of players that all of a sudden, you know, traditional sports, athletes, football, baseball, our football, volleyball, or any fall sport athlete cross country was not participating in that sport. So then 
we were able to add them to the roster. And so we had an influx of another 20, 19, I say 23 players came on. So we we're right over 40 players for the roster, like 41, I think, for 2020 fall, mm-hmm. which was good, obviously good and bad at the same time. And so um, we had, and then we only had 18 gaming stations. So I had to learn um, adjustment and time management on each system. So it's uh, for every team to get a lot of time, you know, two to three hours of training together um, every week, every day, or every day for every week to get ready for the regular season. So that was fun. <laughs> and, but I learned, I learned a nice little way to organize, to make sure everybody had their allotted time. And some teams didn't need long as much as we, like we talk about with smash players don't need a whole lot of time. They could play, I think an hour or hour and a half was, was plenty for a smash player, but then league of legends, call of duty, Valorant, well, Valorant wasn't out yet. So, um, we had, I know Call of Duty, League of Legends, but so those games, uh, Overwatch, Overwatch at the time could go, you know, two, three hours on the, on the PCs and mm-hmm. get their time in, make sure they had good quality uh, practice time. Uh, and I kind of want to ask you this because you mentioned one game. Uh, it's a game I picked up and immediately put down. It was incredibly frustrating for me. It was Valorant. I gave it a shot, hopped on with some of my friends on Discord. That game has such a high, I, I'm going to call it a learning curve. That or I'm just that bad. That could be the case. But when you're teaching some of these games, is there any of them that really stick out that, you know, this has got a high learning curve and it takes a while to master? Uh, it depends on your your background because, like, somebody – you sound like me, Harrison, where I didn't have a lot of mouse and keyboard games. Yeah, I was all controllers. When I hopped on mouse me and keyboard, too. I was getting dusted. Exactly. Uh, so I was, I did the, I, I had been down that same road. So what I did last summer, I played Valorant, you know, and I streamed it on my Twitch channel probably at least twice a week. My goal was to play it once a week, but mm-hmm. then sometimes I would get two times a week streaming it and then playing it once by myself or once without a stream. And so I would get I was getting averaging two to three games or two to three sessions all summer long. And then by the end of the summer, I was really comfortable with the mechanics. I was comfortable. My confidence got level. So where I wasn't nervous or anything about shooting. Um, And obviously, it was still a little bit of uh, residual of controller uh, Mm -hmm. mechanics in my brain and my in my fingers and hands when I'm doing something. I'm like. Uh, it's a little different on mouse keyboard. <laughs> I could just hit the B button real fast or hit the right trigger to throw the grenade or just shoot and throw the grenade with the left trigger. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I had to brain, retrain my brain, knowing that it was a, you know, Q, it was a, a A, W, S, and D, and F, and then uh, the caps lock, shift, you know, shift bar, all those buttons are still useful. But now you got to get your, that was it, the pinky finger working. Yeah. So he's just learning those little tidbits. Um, but I, it got, I finally got there, you know, and it's, so it's a little bit of curve. Yeah. Somebody like, like ourselves playing a lot of uh, keyboard or a lot of uh, controller. Yeah, I'm with you on there. It's thing for keyboard with me is I think what you said, I just don't have enough run with it. So I can play Valorant. Once I get used to that one, I switch to another game. That keyboard layout's always going to be slightly different depending on the game. Uh, and I'm just not used to the keyboard. So every time I have to kind of reevaluate all my controls on the keyboard, definitely takes me a little mm-hmm. while longer. But I want to ask you something before we go to break because there was a game that dropped, um, had a lot of, lot of controversy around it due to the early ratings. Currently, it's only been out for about a couple days now and it's sitting at a 1.6 rating on it's madden 24 were you able to get your hands on madden 24 uh yeah i did so i'll be downloading it getting it ready for my for tomorrow i'm doing actually a show on my twitch channel tomorrow 
uh, promoting it and playing it okay. know, with some friends of mine. And uh, but no, I say not having played it yet. I, but it just that's a low rating. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a lot of the low rating is just like I, I think when uh, games get released. Every now and then, there's a series of bugs in there um, that just got to get fine-tuned yes. out. Yeah. So a lot of what I'm seeing, a lot of the complaints are uh, end zone glitches where the player, just like the animation just stops. Um, but for the most part, early on, I feel like Madden games get pretty hard. Same thing with NBA 2K. You know, 2K does have problems, but it always gets a way harsher rating than what I think it actually deserves. Because mm. if you play NBA 2K, you look at 2K24, they got all the animations pretty much on point with the superstar players. You look at Kevin Durant's jump shot and 2K24's jump shot for Kevin Durant, yeah. it's it's spot right. on. So, like, for people to give that game, you know, a three-star, it's to me, it's just like you're, you're wanting a little bit too much there. They're getting pretty close uh, to really mastering it. But I'm curious to see that, and we'll go ahead and throw it to break here um, and ask Amon Green more about some of his esports and what he's been up to these past few weeks. But nonetheless, this is the Amon Green Show. I'm Harrison Arns pushing the ones and twos on the board. we got the host, as always, Amon Green. We'll catch you guys on the other side of the break.